Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of our No Filter podcast, the one which shines a light on our latest analysis. My name is Graham Schoen. This week we are taking a bit of a detour away from the more traditional avenues of property research uh, and we're looking instead at life sciences. Uh, This is a sector of real estate which uh, is certainly gaining a lot more attention from uh, the property world than perhaps it has done in previous cycles. Uh, And it's also one which has commanded a fair few uh, column inches in our magazine uh, in recent weeks as we try to increase our own understanding of what this industry needs from the commercial world in order to thrive in the years ahead. Here with me is our deputy legal editor, Jess Harold, to discuss everything around the life science industry. Jess, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Thank you very much. Very exciting to to make my No Filter debut. And and, uh, I am very much looking forward to learning more. Uh, about life sciences. I am melting, however. I am completely melting. Uh, we should sort of mention that Graham and I are sat roughly two miles apart in uh, Bedford, right, right bang in the middle of the uh, of, of the arc, Graham. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've probably got a personal vested interest, really, in how this industry kind of uh, grows over the next uh, over the next few few years. It's it is obviously a, uh, a growth sector. We, we think a lot of uh, job creation over the next few years is actually going to happen. Uh, within the uh, the life sciences industry and obviously this part of the country does kind of stand out really as the uh, the the golden triangle is the is the phrase isn't it graham absolutely yeah the golden triangle uh oxford and cambridge obviously which are either side of us and then london uh, which obviously has a lot of uh, kind of high performing um academic in uh, academic institutions for life sciences uh, as well as uh, a lot of governmental institutes as well that support uh, the growth uh, of the sector um but it's really it it has been quite interesting really to see this year um a lot more uh, a lot more reports coming out about the life science um industry exactly how real estate uh can contribute i suppose uh, really to that it's it's a lot harder though than some traditional sectors and we'll get onto that kind of later on but um yeah it was interesting to try and find uh, a new angle i suppose for for conducting research into the life science uh, sector being as it is a bit of a a difficult beast to pin down i should say um being <laughs> someone who's who's used to some of the more traditional property sectors this one yeah like i say it was uh, like knitting fog sometimes uh, as they say <laughs> or nailing mist to the wall for you know people listening or people who, who are reading your report who, who maybe haven't considered this area before I mean, what, why should they be bothered about life sciences yeah, well, they they don't have to be, of course. Um, <laughs> you can um, can can stay kind of uh, in their lane, almost, I, I guess, if they're not people that have um, ventured into this this world before. It probably might seem a bit a bit daunting, uh, or maybe a little bit uh, complex in some regards. But um, I suppose ultimately, it is looking trying to identify. I suppose as we come out of the the fog of the pandemic, um, the the likelihood of of growth sectors uh, moving forwards. Obviously, we've heard. Of, for a decade almost, I suppose, about the, the trials and tribulations of the retail sector. Mm-hmm. Leisure um, may have a little boom kind of uh, coming up, just depending on what exactly consumers choose to do uh, with the money they've saved uh, across the, the last uh, kind of 17 months or so. Um, that's kind of expected. But again, uh, maybe there's uh, there's some uh, difficulties, I suppose, tied in with le- uh, with the retail world. Offices, um, you know, it, it's it's a kind of a perpetual um, question mark, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we mentioned how 
how warm everyone is at the moment probably working from home without an air conditioning unit that's another little feather in the cap i suppose for the for the office world moving forward this might be an opportune time uh, to mention that but there are there are a lot of growth factors associated with the life science world i think that are that have a lot more permanence i suppose than than some of the other factors uh, surrounding other traditional real estate sectors perhaps there's an expanding middle class in the uh, in the developed world, uh, which again may lead to more individualized uh, medicines uh, having to be developed, uh, perhaps for kind of private healthcare and things like that. Uh, again, across the global north and develop more of the uh, developed world, there's a gradually aging population across most of those countries, which again requires a bit more research and development uh, when it comes to kind of pharmaceutical products. There's uh, there's the factor of our, our lifestyles that have changed, I think, over the course of, of centuries that we're talking. You know, it's not something we always um, associate really with, uh, with real estate research, looking into pure uh, sociology and things like that. But we live much more sedentary lifestyles. Mm compared to what we used to do used to you know kind of till the fields and uh, and be outside and working and uh, moving around a lot more we sit for several hours a day i suppose if you're a, if you're a white collar employee uh, like you and i are um mm-hmm. it's much more likely again that, that you will be that you will be doing that and therefore it's you know outside of the world of exercise and well-being and things like that there's a lot more uh, potential there for for health issues to crop up and uh, that again is a, a bit of a driver of, of research and development that happens and then you've got added to all of that the aspects i suppose uh, around environmental um, social uh, and governance uh, where the life science industry can can really kind of help i suppose to push things forward and again that relies a lot on funding breakthroughs uh, and on kind of research breakthroughs but also on having the um the requisite space to actually perform the research and the testing um, that is required to to kind of develop these products, um, and so you don't, you don't again, like I say, folks might look at the life science sector as as being something that's that's for other people, but when we consider the 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 industry, the arm of uh, commercial real estate, um, the the reason that it uh, appeals again to investors is historically it's about um, it has kind of been about about longevity, about more secure income, those kinds of things, uh, and probable again that following the all those kind of uh, factors that i mentioned as long as well as a um from the uk side a governmental push really uh, in, in several um aspects around uh, life sciences uh, in terms of kind of creating new ministries um to promote the sector um uh, as well as kind of you know a lot more funding uh, coming through from both the the public and private purses um it's it's something that's that's liable or likely uh, to grow moving forward, and that's obviously something that that should naturally uh, appeal to 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 real estate people and to investors mm-hmm. and incomers. And you know, obviously, over the, la- the last eighteen months, have shown quite how vital scientific research is uh, yes. to our uh, continued survival as a species. And you know, there are fears that you know this might not be an isolated incident. There might be more of that this uh, kind of pandemic in the years ahead. So so whilst the life sciences sector uh, does perhaps um, pose complications for for real estate uh, investors and landlords just looked at in terms of growth. It, it might be one of the more reliable sectors over the next decade compared against you know retail and offices as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's effectively there's it, it's where you can really see your you know the the likelihood of of enterprise kind of kind of you know 
moving forward in the uh, in the years ahead yeah. i mean offices are offices are interesting as against kind of you know your, your lab space you you'd imagine that as if the economy kind of naturally grows there's a lot more white collar work uh, really than than has been done in in ages past it just depends really um, exactly where those white collar industries are actually going to grow are they going to you know kind of foster home working a little bit more or distributed work so then it's then it's a bit harder uh life sciences obviously is not something that can be can be done from home in a very simplistic way it you, you need you know professionally curated space in order to to do that um and it feeds i suppose more into the the active landlord category you know like mm. we know with with falling lease lengths and things like that uh and you know increasingly sophisticated occupier requirements that commercial landlords are having to engage a lot more with their tenants do a bit more with the space um really kind of invest properly in in technologies within uh the uh, the commercial spaces that that they own um and it, it's it's one that that might just require i think and this was kind of underpinning some of the research it might one that might just require a bit more potentially a little bit more focus from some uh, some people that might not have have looked at it uh, in ages past uh, and also again the main kind of focus of the research was not to uh, or was to was to try at least anyway to look at areas beyond the the golden triangle as we've, mm. as we've mentioned that's obviously something again that might put people off you think about the complications around developing the space and curating it for yeah. um, for potentially a, a different type of tenant than you might be used to there's also the the fact that the Oxford, Cambridge, Lund, they're all really, really expensive mm. uh, locations. They're, it's tough to procure sites. Um, there's yeah, a lot of greenbelt land in between. Yeah, precisely. Uh, a lot of competition um, for for spaces around those areas. And again, th- those kind of credentials, it, it's gonna, it's it effectively looking beyond the golden triangle is 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 a, a an avenue by which we can just say like yeah yeah like life sciences are likely to grow generally across the UK. At the moment, it's there's just kind of burgeoning elements of polycentrism, I suppose, uh, to the industry. Um, but it might just be worth considering some like alternative locations because th- that kind of triangle will be the the hub. It will be the epicenter of where we uh, where we develop, and it will need kind of long term uh, planning, I suppose, in order to to really kind of realise its potential uh, and make it. Uh, just uh, one of the most I mean, it's already kind of relatively internationally renowned as one of the the heartlands uh, really of scientific research but that's somewhere that, that obviously will still be the beating heart of domestic industry it's just that there is also other places there are also uh, a spate I think of other places that might actually do relatively well off the yeah. back of uh, a growth of this industry and you've identified a, a number of those sort of geographical locations that have the potential for growth but how did you how did you go about uh, conducting your research and 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 sort of working out which uh, which locations had that had the greatest potential. Yeah, I mean this was there was a, a bit of a consultative approach really with uh, some folks who know a lot more about this sector um, <laughs> than I do. Uh, I think that that's the, the the main kind of thing to uh, to say is just understanding exactly what needs to be considered when you're looking at other growth areas really for for life sciences. So. What I actually thought was, when you read a lot of the um, the research reports that are put out about uh, about this um, this sector, they mention a lot of the, the either the triple helix, the quintuple helix, however many strands of the helix that there actually are, um, about what kind of the in, the supporting infrastructure that's behind a lot of the the growth elements of, of the industry, uh, and they largely pertain to academic institutions and ones that perform relatively well. Uh, for life science uh, kind of studying and research um, there's the the branch of 
government, uh, which obviously can relate to uh, scientific institutes particularly, or other kind of um, major research centres. Uh, in, in the in the piece itself, um, I focus on the catapult centres. There's a few different branches of those, which again are set up really to to accelerate um, research into particular strands of, of scientific discovery. The other critical um, the critical pieces really of the puzzle are existing industry so the existing kind of major headquarters of either kind of major pharmaceutical companies medtech organizations and also the other the other aspect is hospitals and specifically teaching hospitals and i kind of focused a bit more on proximity i suppose as a as a major factor within the research so mm. if you've got a high performing academic institution you have the research institute there um within the in the sort of vicinity you've got teaching hospitals as well so you can do a lot of what i believe is is known as translational research bench to bed uh kind of testing i think it's it's labeled as in order just to to speed up the research process so a lot of this research uh, and a lot of the development of the sophistication around uh, around these new products um proximity is kind of important i believe to uh, to a lot of these these companies as they obviously as they spin out from from universities or just grow organically themselves mm-hmm. um and so it was effectively uh, an exercise in mapping mapping all of these elements and when i say mapping i mean uh, putting into excel <laughs> all of these individual lines uh, of information all the existing uh, science park uh, organization uh, association members as well um all the the hospitals across the uk teaching hospitals academic institutions uh, and you know other things like catapult centers as well and effectively then giving or trying to bracket all of those places by whatever geographical um method i actually tried to so originally i tried local authority um just to see if if there was something that came out on top um unsurprisingly um yeah you got your cambridge oxford um camden westminster very very near the top as well uh, but then also in there are, are birmingham glasgow uh, city council actually does very well um but i found with uh, with doing those that some of the um some of the councils are very very large <laughs> and mm. so they, they kind of they don't quite have the the proximity factor that mm. i was maybe maybe looking for i was maybe looking for some kind of um you know almost an arbitrary distance but just kind of a, a maybe a walkable idea um mm. to try and just really pin down these areas that that have a lot of that supporting infrastructure already in place mm. um and so instead i went by um, by postco district which then narrows it down. Sort of, nicely. Yeah, it narrows it down a little bit more. It, it it makes it a little bit more forensic, a little bit more pinpoint. Um, Speaking of pinpoints, sort of, I, I am disappointed you do use Excel because I, I do like to think of you in a room in your house with a map of Britain, connecting post post-it notes and photos with red string to to work out your results. <laughs> like a detective, uh, yeah, from a, a, a bad ITV drama, yeah. Um, Maybe maybe one day, or maybe like uh, I don't know if people have seen John King on CNN with his map of America <laughs> during the election. That's kind of the that's the dream ultimately, of course. <laughs> one um, day, yeah. So, I found, yeah, I found that yeah, I found Excel does does just about as as good of a job. But it's then <laughs> um, it's it's translating that into into mapping work and uh, yeah, just coming out with um, potential locations as well. Like I say, for for where these for where that that supporting infrastructure is, and then just having a look at it and just seeing, okay, yeah, that that could actually uh you know reasonably take the shape of somewhere where this industry could actually grow so you've got the example of, of west norwich which again i've mentioned in the piece geographically you kind of extend 
mm. the arc if you like if yeah. you keep going <laughs> you're gonna hit west norwich <laughs> so I, I looked at it and i thought oh this is gonna be this is just all the obvious places isn't it um <laughs> but it's interesting it's got a, a high performing university mm-hmm. um for life sciences um yeah it has a, a like teaching hospital it's got some uh, research institutions as well all within very very close proximity of each other and it, it, it does have a, a, a science park already there but it does have you know development land kind of in proximity to it and most of the most of the, the locations that, that crop up really well in this are you know they're kind of cities or kind of just edge of city type yeah, it of makes sense. you're not you're not going to find too many places in the middle of nowhere that have that uh combination of university and pharmaceutical labs and things like that so yeah they're all urban environments aren't they yeah effectively it's it's, it's interesting because you know like there's a place like uh, alderley uh park in uh, which is quite a bit south of manchester and that's built as a sort of standalone research campus mm. so i was obviously kind of conscious that sometimes this, this does actually happen you get specific site curation for specific industries um this is more kind of looking i suppose at, at the aspect where you have the the strong university research you have all that study happening you've got all the the elements in proximity to each other and then it's trying to almost think through bits and pieces of other anecdotal evidence i suppose about how scientists have uh, a little bit of a strange relationship i suppose with with real estate they can sometimes need space with very little kind of lead-in time um mm. for real estate providers it's it's kind of needing it on, on the basis of research or uh, funding breakthroughs and then trying to scramble and find somewhere where they can do all of their all their additional work so again this is the the aspect i suppose that's really contraflow to, to how you imagine commercial enterprise working and how a lot of commercial developers kind of see things maybe it's they know their demand levels they know where to to place um you know specifically curated space if you if you're looking kind of historically maybe at the industrial sector offices certainly in certain city centers you can really accurately quantify your i guess your potential uh, client base with with scientific research and discovery it can it can again it can be a lot harder to actually get that pinned down mm. uh, and so again the, the the idea really i suppose of, of speculating in relatively close proximity to some of these locations it might seem a little bit counterintuitive um and strange to do but ultimately it might it might be that those types types of places are actually relatively well positioned in order to benefit from uh, the the acceleration of this industry because it's in these locations that that is physically likely to happen and you want to be kind of relatively well positioned i think to do well from that but as you say like there, there are you're not going to find you know all those uh, supporting infrastructure bits kind of out in the middle of nowhere it's it's but i thought it was important in the in the article and now mm. to just caveat by saying that does actually happen like you do kind of get yeah. those more remote areas it's just uh, focusing in on proximity as a yeah. significant factor that's kind of what, that's what comes up with it yeah uh, in these urban environments, obviously, we, we, you're talk, talking about um, needing uh, very flexible space with with r- room and potential for very uh, quick growth. If in the event of um, a scientific discovery or, or research funding being allocated, and, and you know different demands. So what what comes to mind possibly is things like shopping centres, retail parks that are currently um, are maybe falling out of use in some areas. This is a potential um way of of reusing some some brownfield locations in the, these urban environments yeah but i mean potentially it it's it it's difficult really i, I think for for a lot of the it, it, it's a it's another aspect i suppose of 
of repurposing that hmm. you might might think you know so oh okay well you know if that industry is kind of growing and if if um if we no longer need you know as quite as much um quite as much retail space specifically on yeah like a, a specific kind of curated parks that historically hmm. have uh, have done quite well but are maybe suffering a little bit more now same thing with i suppose um certain office locations and certain mm-hmm. business parks it's more the um all the technological things that need to go alongside of of creating a, a kind of research lab particularly a wet lab some of the the ventilation considerations um mm. uh, and, and things like this and, and the technology input that you, you have to put into some of these areas as well uh, into these buildings too it's um it's interesting as to how this plays into some forms of, of urban renewal i suppose because like i say a lot of the locations are just pockets i suppose of cities they might not have tons of, of adjacent um land uh, provision available you know the, the example of, of norwich is there that that obviously does have some because it's right on the edge there's um i mentioned the northeast i think in general uh, as a kind of departure i suppose from the the cityscapes that that i focused in on because there's tons of infrastructure up there and i think yeah. electorally for the conservatives it's it's somewhere they've made gains and maybe they want to focus in a bit more on that in, in providing a real kind of boost uh, mm. to a potential uh, life science arm i suppose up there um but it's it's interesting as to how some of these other locations maybe tap into what they've already got whether they try to to encourage the kind of conversions uh, of space in order to, to provide more more laboratory uh, more laboratory provision or whether they actually have to to go a little bit more extreme and just and and say like we're going to start again like you know get we need to get rid of this building and we need to actually create a a proper um laboratory environment um in order to to incubate the the growth of of this arm of the of the industry it's not it, it won't be easy i suppose it'll be interesting to see if there are conversions um that mm. actually that actually take place uh, and how they actually manifest themselves um, I think that, that that's something that I think will be really interesting in the next few years uh, and who manages to do it successfully. Because you think like it, rather than uh, kind of undergoing a, a mass kind of new build of, uh, of laboratory space, if, if you actually have the shell of a building already, you don't need to do certain things, obviously, on construction. Mm. You just need to ensure that um, ensure that you provide all the right uh, elements really around what the what is actually required in the space. Um, and so obviously I was conscious of this while I was doing the, uh, the work and it was just like, well, it, it's going to be biased towards cities. How easy is it to get all this stuff together? Can, can, is there enough land? If there's not enough land, are there the right actual building profiles there that could theoretically be used as laboratory space? And who owns them? And are they actually willing to, to go ahead with these conversions if mm. they can't quite quantify the tenant demand at any one particular point? I think that'll be that'll be the interesting to see going forward. Um, and again, it's, it was mentioned obviously hugely last week. There is a bit of a, a leveling up agenda, obviously, that we've heard so much about. The, the details last week, I think, were, were a bit kind of scant, um, which is probably to be expected at this point. I think they delayed their white paper on that again. But I believe, uh, without being facetious about this, there was a, a fund for kind of uh, removing chewing gum from streets. Or have I got that wrong? I, I, I think, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the one that kind of stuck in my mind. Mm. And um, I just feel like with with a lot of these locations, like I say, they have the potential to tap into an industry that might grow significantly in the UK. Yeah. And to figure out, I think, how aggressively and how strongly do they go with with some of those provisions of of necessary lab space right next to them, 
uh, or, or right within the kind of uh, the confines of the city centre, just in order to to try and supplement uh, their kind of localised economic growth, because it certainly mm-hmm. it certainly can happen. It certainly can mm-hmm. be a, a huge contributor, I think, to um, to growth outside of London and the southeast. And that you know provides opportunities for those investors and landlords who are prepared to do their research if, if if you'll forgive me and 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 learn about this sector and and its unique demands and work out ways to 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 cope with those demands with with my legal uh hat on i think uh, i'll probably try and find someone who can write for us on on the uh sort of unique leasing arrangements um for life science uh tenants that that, that could be uh some additional coverage for this sector that, that might be uh, might be worthwhile I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it'll be, it's fascinating really to, to to look at it through the lens, I suppose, of a traditional commercial eye, and just mm. just how different the sector is versus how much you know attention it is uh, getting at the moment uh, from uh, from people in the industry in general. And like you say, for for folks willing to to do that bit of extra research, looking kind of beyond beyond the shores of what you might think is the heartland, I think there are definitely some some opportunities out there and then people might be surprised i suppose at some of the some of the locations that the research throws up um but that that piece is uh, it was in the magazine uh, last week mm-hmm. uh, it is uh, on eg it's uh, it just if you just search for beyond the golden triangle um you should find it um and yeah all the uh, all the locations all the methodology is noted uh, in there but i should um conclude really by uh, by thanking uh, jess for joining me and making your debut uh, on no filter hopefully it wasn't too geeky for you no it was uh, an absolute pleasure to, to stretch some different muscles thank you very much graham no problem at all and uh, thank everyone for tuning in i'll see you next time bye-bye